Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Labar, and we have with us today Niall Dennehy. He is the co-founder and COO at Aid Tech. Thank you, Nikki, Niall, for joining us. My pleasure, Juliet, and thank you for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to speak with you and uh, to your audience. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show, uh, so great to be on board. Oh, fantastic. So, Niall, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of an overview about what Aid Tech is, is up to? Sure. Um, so, Aid Tech, we are a company driven by a mission. We're a company uh, whose mission is to bring social and financial inclusion to the undocumented and the underserved. We believe that the best way to do that is by using uh, blockchain technology and combining that with identity. Um, And I'll give you some context. Right now in the world today, people are always shocked to hear this. There are about 2.4 billion people in the world who are born without any form of identity. And from birth, that means that you are legally, you're socially and financially excluded. And effectively, this might sound dramatic, but you, uh, you do not exist in terms of what, how we see society today. So our mission is to change that. We are uh, driven by that mission, but we are a for-profit company. Um, and that's who we are. That's what we're doing. And, you know, when you say those numbers, it is, it is staggering. And it's something that a lot of people in the world take for granted. Just being able to identify yourself and taking that for granted is huge. It is. And the way we see it then, if you look at the, the biggest problems in the world today, uh, we believe a great place to start to solve them is with uh, the the United Nations um, Sustainable Development Goals. They are 17 targets backed by 193 countries. Uh, and one specific target within the within goal number 16 is to bring identity to everybody in the world by the year 2030. And what we're doing now, and we have been since day one, is we are we're trying to speed that mission up. And our mission is to bring that bring identity to all of those people in a much um, shorter space of time. And with by giving somebody an identity, the way we see it is that they can obtain services like remittances, welfare, aid, donations, and healthcare, and that can be done much more effectively than was done beforehand. It can be done transparently. It can be done efficiently, and ultimately, then the people involved they will have a new source of data, which is their identity, that they have control over, and that they can decide what happens with uh, with their identity. Um, and again, that's quite uh, untypical when you look at the web nowadays. And a lot of people believe, we, we do as well, that identity really is the holy grail of the web. And it's something that hasn't been solved. Uh, we believe we're one of the companies who will make a massive impact in that and will help bring identity to people all around the world, especially the, uh, the socially and the financially excluded. But ultimately then um, that they've got this uh, form of data that I mentioned linked to their identity and they choose what to do with that. But it's really a gateway, it's an aggregator, and it's a way for people to get access to uh, services that they didn't have before. Um, and maybe a good starting point, uh, Juliet, for the audience who may not be familiar with ATEC. Uh, the reason we did this, and I can come to that story uh, shortly, but um, ultimately I'll, I'll come back to how it happened. But we ran a project in Lebanon in 2015 with support from the Red Cross, um, based here in Dublin, and we proved that we could issue identity to, uh, in this case, Syrian refugees in a refugee camp in Lebanon, and we were able to distribute aid 
uh, transparently to them over the blockchain. And the reason the company is called Tech is you've heard of uh, FinTech, you've heard of CleanTech, you've heard of HealthTech, uh, but we wanted to do something that had never been done before, hence Atech was born, to bring transparency to the distribution of international aid. That's where it all started, and we realized that a lot of people didn't have identity, as I mentioned, and the number today is over 2 billion, 2.4 is, is the latest figure. But by proving that we could send aid transparently, we, uh, we realized that by linking it to an identity, we can send a whole host of other digital entitlements over this brand new, really cutting edge and exciting technology, which is blockchain. Uh, And we can bring transparency to that. So ultimately, you as a donor or a government or uh, somebody giving money to a charity or an NGO or even an individual, you have uh, traceability um, over where the money is going. But ultimately, you can show where funds um, have been spent. Wow. I mean, this is this is such a, a large problem, but also it's a very it's a very difficult problem to solve. And Aidtech is is creating a lot of solutions that that are are just really chipping away at this really massive difficult problem. Well, we are, um, and effectively, what we do, and this is where the the beauty of blockchain comes in, and the, the tokenization of items in the real world uh, with blockchain with the technology. The way we see it is, we can effectively tokenize any real world uh, entitlement. That can be welfare, as I mentioned, that could be uh, aid, it could be remittances, it could be donations, it could be healthcare. But by tokenizing those uh, different items and by linking them to an identity, and that identity then uh, is, is, is in con- the control of the individuals involved, uh, you can link all of these different things to different people and you can make it all transparent. Um, and maybe what might be good is for the audience. Uh, again, blockchain, it's a hard technology for some to understand, but to demystify what it is. Uh, one thing that we're doing, it is a difficult problem, but we want to make it as simple as possible to do it so that even the people involved um, who we're helping uh, don't even know that they are using blockchain technology. And that, that for us is a good barometer, that if, you, uh, if you've got a new technology, that it should ultimately be seamless and people shouldn't even know what the underlying stack is, the underlying tech is. But at the same time, they have to, uh, they have to experience the benefits that that technology can bring. Uh, and maybe one that I'll talk about right now, Juliet, is something that we're doing and we're really excited about this. And any day now, we thought it might happen today, we are expecting the first baby um, to be born on the blockchain. And it just so happens that it's going to happen um, on our blockchain with an amazing partner. Uh, they're from the Netherlands called Farm Access. Um, and what we're doing with them, they're an amazing Dutch NGO. They were set up, um, I think, in the late 1990s. And they do an unbelievable amount of good work on the continent of Africa to promote uh, health and well-being. And to go back then to the uh, sustainable development goals that I mentioned before, we talked about a target number, or goal number three, which is to bring, um, to promote health and well-being for people all around the world. And within that, then there's a specific target, 3.2, which is to reduce neonatal mortality um, and to increase the health and well-being of mothers. But what we're doing with them is a project uh, kicked off back in April. And what we're doing there is we're sending medical entitlements that can be uh, that can be folic acid, that can be your prenatal care, that can be postnatal care, antenatal care. And we're using the idea of a blockchain smart contract to automatically send the entitlements to a woman who is pregnant and does hold an ATEC digital identity. And what we're doing is we're ensuring that she gets those entitlements at the right time over the blockchain. They receive an SMS uh, two days before they're due to show up at the clinic to get the entitlement. And when they do then, the doctor and or the midwife involved in that process 
they verified that they received their entitlement and they uh, which is effectively again guaranteed with the uh, the movement of a digital asset from point A to point B. And if you contrast that with uh, what they're doing at the moment, they use a paper booklet written in Swahili. When the woman comes in, she gets her entitlement. Uh, the doctor or the midwife, they will say that, okay, this woman, they got their folic acid, they got their prenatal care, they got their postnatal care, whatever that can be. And typically then what happens is a few months after the, the woman has hopefully given belt, uh, birth to a healthy baby, uh, they take that to a processing center in Dar es Salaam in uh, the capital city of Tanzania. Somebody manually inputs that into a database uh, via spreadsheet. Um, the data then is analyzed about six months after the uh, you know the event has happened, and oftentimes then it's really you know it's too late. But what we've proven already in the uh, the early stages of our project is that we're able to provide real time data um, about things that are happening in a remote part of uh, Tanzania in a place called Kilwa, which is five hour five hour drive away from the capital city. Uh, but we've been able to prove right now that the clinic that the pilot project is taking place in that the, uh, the, there was a lack of iron tablets, there was a lack of a drug called mebendazole, and then a machine that had been used to perform hemoglobin tests had been out of action for quite some period of time. And what we found already was that the, uh, the health officials on the ground there in the capital city, they al- already have made decisions to say that we need to send more iron tablets, more mebendazole, and we need to fix that machine um, so that people get the correct care that they're entitled to. But never had that been possible before without blockchain. And the reason that they really like blockchain is that they can trust the shared record of events. That is, it's an you know, incorruptible, permanent, immutable database. But the key thing that we always um, want to point out is that the information about the women, any sensitive data, we do not see that. We only see information about the transactions. Um, that is an individual. We don't know who it is because we want people to own their data, um, to have uh, make it portable and to ultimately do whatever they like with that. But we've proven already uh, it's a difficult challenge, but we are solving it and we are using a technology that we believe can make an impact. People are owning their data and it is leading to better outcomes already um, on the ground in places that were never before possible to reach. Um, so it's a difficult problem, but it's one that we're intent on solving. We're driven by that mission. And that mission that we have is really like our North Star. Uh, we get people coming to us every single day of the week, asking us to do different things with different types of you know, verticals. But our, our ethos is if it doesn't align with the mission that we're on, we say no. And the mission that we're on, that is the necessary resistance that we have to guide both the business and the technology roadmap of the company. Um, and that's how we make a decision about what, what projects what we do, how we develop the platform, who we work with, and that we're honored to work with them. But if it doesn't align with the mission, we uh, really don't. But um, hard problem, we're solving it. Uh, we have a lot of long way to go. Uh, very few um, instances of blockchain tech being scaled uh, right now globally, but we're one of the few um, few exceptions to that. It's so important, as you mentioned, you know, when people have a blockchain identity going with them into into the doctor's office, because so often, you know, not just in, in third world countries, but in all countries, in medical areas, Things get lost. There's there's information that is that is incorrect, or it's not given, or it's, there's just you know human error. And with a technology like this, you're going to cut down on on that process as well, and just making sure that everyone is getting the exact care they need. And and like you're saying, keeping things in stock so that when people do come, they have what they need ready to go. 
Exactly. Um, and one of the things we, we were with uh, my good friend and my co-founder and the uh, CEO of ATEC was with the, uh, the World Economic Forum in uh, Geneva recently. And um, he, we were shocked to find out that they believe that by the year 2027, uh, 10% of global GDP will be stored in blockchain. And, um, you know, we spoke to them and we, we were saying, what does that mean? How can 10% of G- global GDP be stored on blockchain? But a lot of it was to do with the, uh, the efficiencies that it can bring. And one of them, um, if you go back to the example of that project that I spoke about in Tanzania, which is live right now, if you think about it, the uh, distribution of, you know, medical entitlements, if you can map out what the journey is for a woman who's pregnant, what she should obtain, you know, at each step of the journey, and you can automate the uh, distribution of those entitlements, and you can send them out en masse to, you know, potentially millions of women um, at the point that they're supposed to receive them, it... Um, it does mean that a lot of inefficiencies, a lot of errors are um, going to be cut out. Um, I was listening to um, another um, podcast I'm a big fan of recently, um, all about healthcare, believe it or not. And um, one thing that they uh, they said today, uh, they said was that I believe the fourth the fourth uh, highest cause of death in the U.S., um, if I can recall correctly, was by uh, people getting the wrong um you know, medication, people making mistakes, which I was absolutely shocked to hear that. But with something like we've put in place right now, if you talk about both the efficiencies from, um, you know, a technical and an ethical point of view, um, by linking that then to a a ledger that is, you know, cannot be tampered with um, and that you can see what happened, who was involved, where it was, it leads to a huge amount of efficiencies. And it cuts out a lot of the efficiencies, the inefficiencies, I should say, and it's oftentimes these inefficiencies that cause um, a lot of the big problems that are just getting in the way. But we do see this as being a way to uh, to eradicate um, the majority of them. Absolutely, and 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 having that identity that goes with you that shows you know what issues you've had in the past, what issues you might have in the future, and being able to instantly access that information as a doctor, that's going to give them a lot of confidence as a patient, a lot of confidence as well with that relationship in the doctors. So. I guess walk us through a little bit about, you know, if someone is is gotten their identity and you know how they get everything set up for the end user. Yeah. Um so we want we want to make it as simple as possible. We realized that a lot of people that we spoke about um at the start when I mentioned 2.4 billion people, they may not have any uh you know, they may not have a cell phone or a way to access the internet. The, the majority of people in developing countries do now have some form of uh, you know, mobile technology. Um but effectively to be issued with an identity in our platform, you can do it in a couple of ways. Um, you can self-provision. You can upload your data. Um, that would then like, know your customer. Anti-money laundering check would take place. Uh, but in some cases, we know that right now, I think the figure today is there are about 65 million people globally who have no form of identity whatsoever. Wow. Or I should say they're, they're refugees. They're on the go. They're migrants. And that there are, uh, you know, and there's even greater numbers, like I mentioned. But for those people to gain access to our platform, uh, they can have self-provision or they can be provisioned by the people that we work with. A simple example would be the, um, that could be the Red Cross, one of our partners, or the United Nations, or the, the NGO that we spoke about, Farm Access. But effectively, what, uh, what can happen is if you're an aid worker, you're on the ground and you're in a country, to issue an identity, all you've got to do with our platform is um, pre-print a QR code that can be, uh, that can be affixed to, a, you know, it could be a plastic card or the card could be printed with a QR code or the QR code, which is the blockchain wallet address, could be a sticker that can be affixed onto, um, you know, something else like, uh, you know, a booklet. 
And effectively, all the NGO or the charity or the agency that we work with, they take an image of that within our app. And then what they can do is they can attach all of the personal information. Uh, I should say they can reference the personal information from that uh, blockchain wallet address, like the name, the surname, the date of birth. And effectively, then a, a card could be handed over to the beneficiary, and that is their digital identity. And with that identity, then they can both uh, receive uh, entitlements. Uh, we want people then as well. Uh, one of the things that we speak about a lot when it comes to identity is uh, is the four P's. We believe that identity should be uh, personal, it should be persistent, it should be uh, portable, and that you should have power over the uh, you know that data. And personal means that it is unique to you. Persistent means that it, it lasts with you from birth to life. Uh, portable means that you can uh, you can take that with you wherever you like. And then having power over that data means that you can choose to monetize that if you wanted to, or to control who can access your data at a later stage. Um, and the other way to get the identity in our platform would be simply to self-provision. We would have a third-party provider would play the the role of checking that the individual is who they say they are based on the documentation that they upload, some sort of a biometric check. And then effectively with the identity, it's a blockchain wallet address. And then what we do is we link that. That will act as a reference to a uh, to your personal data, which, which can be stored anywhere you want that to be. And if you think about the other P that I spoke about there, about the portability, that would be an information about you can be stored up in the cloud. It could be stored on your, your cell phone. Uh, could be stored in your laptop, wherever you want that to be then, that is what's linked to the blockchain identity. So you've got that separation of uh, you know personal information, which we don't think is a good idea to put that on the blockchain, but we do think that the uh, transactional information should be stored on the blockchain and that an identity so, so that you can be reachable over the uh, you know the blockchain um, infrastructure is, uh, is the best way to do that. So it means that effectively anybody anywhere in the world can receive an entitlement with a blockchain wallet address and their personal information, which they own, which is portable, it's persistent, as I mentioned before, that can be stored anywhere that they want that to be, uh, both now and in the future. And again, we really do want people to have control over their data. And uh, if you are an advertiser, to take that example, or an insurance company or a bank, if you want to, uh, to gain access to that individual's data, then they are the gatekeeper, they are the controller, they are the owner of the data. And they stay and they control who sees their data at any point in time. So that's something that we're hell bent, hell bent on. I'm ensuring happens at all times that you own your data. And that that should be a basic right, especially in this new age of technologies. And and your data is everywhere. It is. It's still yours, even though it's on. You know, it's out there in the world. It is still your personal data, and that's that's such a huge thing. So I'm glad you're standing by that in such a, a strong way. We absolutely are. We we think it's almost like your fingerprint. It's uh, or your your iris. It's unique to you. You own it, and nobody else. Uh, you know, as as your fingerprint, your your DNA. It's completely unique to you, uh, and we think that this data is almost equivalent to uh, to DNA. And when you're on the web, when you're, uh, you know, you're uh, browsing the web or you're accessing services, we want your that data that you have to be almost like your DNA. But um, you are the uh, the individual who's in control at all times. Absolutely. So if people want to, you know, you have so many things going on, you have so many awards and wonderful, wonderful case studies. What is the best way for people to to connect with Aid Tech, to get to know you guys, to answer some questions and potentially see you in action? 
Yeah, sure. Um, a good starting place, Juliet, would be uh, our website, which is um, it's aid.technology. Um, that's the URL. So aid.technology, that's a good place to start. And there you can find information on our blog, our different channels like YouTube, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, the usual. But um, we're pretty contactable. Um, you can get us at info at aid.technology. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Danahy Nile. It's my Twitter handle. Uh, my co-founder is at Joseph Thompson. We are at uh, A Technology on, on the Twitter machine. And that's a good way to, re- to reach us. Uh, drop us a mail at info at And uh, we're happy to, uh, happy to connect with anybody who would uh, do us the honor. That is fantastic. And, and just so our audience knows, you are hiring. So if people are looking to get involved in that way, you also are hiring at this time. Is that correct? We are. We uh, we recently got investment from both. Uh, we're the first blockchain company in the world to be officially invested in by two governments. That is the government of Ireland, the government of Singapore. We uh, we got a fantastic uh, Dutch impact investment fund called Blue Parasol. They came in recently. A great guy called uh, Maritz uh, Schouten and his wife Petra. They made an investment in the company, as did um, Victoria Butt from um, a firm uh, in China called uh, Tinfu. And uh, Block Acid Ventures out of Singapore, they recently made an investment. So we do have capital. We're looking for uh, great people. We've already got the majority, uh, well, not the majority, we've got a huge amount of good people on board. We want to hire many, many more so that we can, uh, you know, reach the mission that I spoke about. But um, have a look at aid.technology slash jobs. And we are always on the lookout for good people, especially those driven by a mission uh, who've got an interest in blockchain technology, who want to make an impact and uh, want to change the world um, like we do. Niall, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast. It has been a real pleasure learning all about aid tech. Thank you so much, and I appreciate your time, Juliet, and thanks to the, uh, your audience for listening. That is Neil Donahue. He is the co Niall Donahue. He is the co-founder and COO at Aid Tech. Find him at aid.technology. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.